Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Mariani, the fire in the frame tells a story of a cycling icon, Giuseppe Mariani, who found his calling when he transitioned from champion racer to master bike craftsman. Born in 1937, Mariani uh, was a champion cyclist as a young man. In 1965, he was invited to Canada to participate in a race, and after meeting the love of his life, he decided to stay in Canada for good, where he dominated competitive cycling for years. When his racing career came to an end, Mariani started tailoring fine steel bicycle frames from his shop in Montreal, Canada. And that's where we're going to leave the uh, the story. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be speaking um, with the director of Mariani, The Fire in the Frame. That would be Tony uh, Giardine. And uh, he joins us today here on Film School. Tony, w- welcome to Film School. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Very, you're very welcome. Um, I, well, first of thing, I want to remind, let our listeners know that the film is opening today in New York at the That's C- right. at Cinema Village, um, and it will That's right. and it will be opening uh, in two weeks here in Los Angeles at the Lemley Monica Film Center. Uh, so, are you by, right. are you going to be out here for by any chance for the uh, for the absolutely Los Angeles? yeah yeah I'm planning to be there for the opening. Uh, on the 15th of April. Right now, I'm actually in New York in the cinema oh. talking to you. So I'll be I'll be heading to uh, California on the 13th, and the film starts on the 15th. Excellent. Well, that's. I just want to let our, our listeners know that uh, come two weeks, uh, Lemley Monica Film Center, which is a terrific spot to go see a film. Uh, yeah, and I'm planning to be at basically almost all of the screenings. I just have to skip, I think, two or three of them, but okay. I'll be basically there all the time. Like in New York City, I'm doing the extreme Q&A. I'm doing all 37 screenings in, in uh, New York this week. <laughs> so it's a lot of a lot of work. Well, uh, well, all the best to you. It's a, it is a terrific film. It was a top 10 favorite at Hot Docs, uh, which is the largest documentary festival in, in North America. It's been getting right. very good reviews, very good notices all the way around. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you came to the story of Giuseppe uh, Mariani. Essentially, uh, I was a bike collector, so I would basically scavenge for old bikes in, in and around Montreal. And very quickly, if one does that, you, you stumble across Mr. Marinoni, and he's built a lot of bikes in the Montreal area. So when I found my first bike, I, I looked him up, and I thought it was an Italian maker, and sure enough, it's an Italian who moved to Montreal. So I, I looked up the shop. I went to see him, and the first time I met him, I saw the fire in his eyes, and I thought, I have to make a film about this guy. He's just too much. You know, he's such a character. He's so lively for, for such an elder person, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for three years, I nagged him. You know, I went every two, three months, I would go to get a bicycle refurbished or pick up a bicycle that had been refurbished, and I would nag him about this film project, and he would always say no. And then one day, he just decided to participate. So that's how I got into telling his story. Yeah, and I I love the way the film opens uh, with a, a some back and forth between you and and Giuseppe, and it's quite he, obvious he, that that he was it, you get the sense anyway that he was came into this project kind of kicking and screaming because it's a pretty yeah, it's a relatively exactly. contentious. I was still convincing him uh, yeah. with a camera yeah. uh, at the beginning of the film, but what happened is when he said yes, it's because he decided to undertake the world hour record for his age group, so he thought. 
why don't you film me doing the record, and this will be a legacy for my grandkids. That was his reasoning for accepting. And I thought, well, I want to tell your whole life story. I want to tell the story of the craftsman, the story of the immigrant. And he was like, sort of dismissively said, sure, sure, fine. And that's why when I ended up in the workshop with my camera, he was really basically uh, very reluctant to share more sort of other aspects of his life than his record that he was training for. Yeah, to say the least, he was reluctant. I, I, and I think the, the thing that does uh, sort of encapsulate him as a person in that opening sequence is, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's not a man who's looking for the spotlight. He's not trying to aggrandize himself. But he is a man of passion, and that certainly comes across in in your conversation with him at the beginning and and as, yeah, as well as throughout and the film. that's what the film is about for me anyways yeah. it's about passion and it's a film that really convinced me that if somebody has passion in their lives whatever that passion comes from that somebody lives a full life you know whether it's it's your kids or whether it's school or a work or some sort of hobby if somebody has that thing that keeps them going and keeps them young and that's an amazing thing and that's what this film has once again convinced me that passion is really important and I think you would probably say this that thing about that same thing about filmmaking, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think filmmaking has been a passion of mine since I was very young. Yeah. I started out not the the same way most people uh, start out with film. I didn't go to school for film. I wasn't a film buff neither, but I just love stories. I love people. I love talking to people, and that sort of all blended into like a you know film as a way to tell stories essentially. And I constantly remind myself that. People will listen to the radio and they'll laugh out loud, out loud or cry, you know. So, so story is really important because with radio, there's no picture, you know. Mm. And with the book, there's no pictures. You're just reading a story. And so story is really important. And in this case, it wasn't a big budget film. It's not a huge project production, but the story is there, I think, and people it resonates with people. Yeah. Let's back up and talk a little bit about uh, Giuseppe. And I want to. You said it differently than I did. Say his last name again because I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Uh, Mary Noni. So Mary like Noni. Mary Noni. Yeah. Mary Noni. Um, the, and the film is Mary Noni, the fire in the frame. Um, so let's talk a little bit about his career as a competitive cyclist and and that transition he made once he arrived in Canada. Well, right. he told me essentially, like in Italy, he was a big shot and. He decided to come here as a celebrity racer. He was invited by an Italian man in Montreal. And he said, you know, he didn't hide any. He was like, Tony, it's the same thing as if Wayne Gretzky went to Italy to play hockey in the 60s. You know, the sport just wasn't that involved. So for him to be invited to Montreal, he basically, he dominated, you know. And for years he dominated and he became a legend in cycling. And so for like, I think, a five, six-year period, he won many races in Canada and the U.S., and when the racing was done, people started catching up to him. He got older, and he thought, what am I going to do next? And that's when he fell back on tailoring suits, which he was never a big fan of. And then uh, he just tried many different things because he wasn't happy and eventually landed on his calling of building a custom bicycle. It's it's wonderful to watch him work as well as he in his shop and uh, to hear the kind of give and take not only between you but between people who deal with him um in the making of the bikes and the passion speaking of that the passion that people who ride his bikes feel uh, that connection as as one of the um writers said when he sees another bike uh Marinoni bike, the, he feels like the bikes are attracted to one another. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, there's a real sort of, I guess, cult following to, to his bikes. 
I mean, for me, it's it's a human story. It's about a human being, but the bikes are part of, I guess, the film. But yeah, the bikes are special to people who own them. And once people see the movie, they're like, I'm just going to hold on to my 1982 Marinoni, you know? <laughs> it's just, uh, he's a passionate man, and he's somebody who, if this film didn't exist, would have maybe just disappeared in the history books, you know? And I decided, took it upon myself to just capture him on film, and the more he resisted, the more I felt compelled to sort of pursue and push. And I'm so proud and happy now that his story exists and, and will be immortalized uh, on film forever. Now, for people who want to know more about the film, the, the website for um, Marinoni, The Fire in the Frame, what is, what's the website for them? The website is uh, marinonimovie.com. So M A R I N O N I movie.com, which is the same. Um, for the social media. So it's like Facebook slash Marinoni movie or Twitter, same thing. Okay. So, so okay. Yeah. So, um, now, again, the big part of the film is his decision, as you said at the, earlier, his decision to pursue a record held. Is it, was it Eddie Merckx who held the record prior? To no, the, it, it was the same record that he was doing, but in a different age category. Okay. And the, and the idea yeah. is to see how far you can ride in one hour. Is that exactly? Yeah, it's like kind of the ultimate record because normally in a bike race you can draft. You know, like you start the race, you sort of try to get up ahead, and then you can sort of coast and follow people. And then there's a sprint at the end, so the race often gets determined in the last couple of minutes. Um, but m- much of of most bike races is, is a lot of sort of like just coasting and keeping up. Whereas the hour record, you have no choice but to be sprinting and going all out for an hour. It's just that's the way the record is. You have to go as far as humanly possible in one hour. So it's a very demanding record. Most cyclists will attest that it's the most difficult bike race that a cyclist can do. And he is attempting to set the record in the age group. Well, he's 75 when he attempts That's to, right. to break yeah. this record. Which, which <laughs> he's is... 75 years old. So for him, I mean, just undertaking that is a big deal. You know, like putting your body through that at that age is a very, very big deal. And you need to have the sort of mindset that he has, which is that he feels young. Like his wife once told me, he's like, he's too stupid to know that he's gotten old. You know, he's still like a, he's still like a young, young little man inside, just like a young cyclist. And he's just not scared to push his limits, even at age 75. God, I hope we all retain some of that stupidity. I, 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 that's my, that's my hope. (laughs) I hope that I carry that. I was forward. cracking up when she told me that. I'm like, that's hilarious. Yeah, it you know, is. But stupid to, to realize he's gotten old. <laughs> well, if there's if there's an example of good stupid, that's I think that's an example of good stupid. Exactly. I mean, I'll take it too. <laughs> yeah, there's there's reckless stupid, and I don't think that's a good idea. But I think to carry forward yeah. in your mind and knowing your own body certainly, and I think that obviously Giuseppe uh, Mironi knows his own body well enough to know yeah. what to do and how to do it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Just and we're sort of just scratching the surface. The film is certainly about him and his pursuit of this record, but it's the other relationships that he has. Obviously, his wife is very important to him. His yeah. relationship to I, I tell you honestly, yeah. for me, the record it's like a needle and thread to put everything together. Yeah. The immigrant story is very important to me. Yes. You know, that's like something that many people have done in their lives: uproot themselves, move to another country or another continent. You know. He came here with literally nothing, like five bucks in his pocket. And that's a big, big element in the film. There's also the element of passion, as I've told you. Like, that's something that's really important for me in the film. And there's also the element of an elderly person who's not willing, not scared to push his limits. This is, like, very, very, like, top level for me in the film. The record is kind of super surface level, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it keeps people sort of hanging on and wondering, but 
I guess I don't want to spoil the end of the film, but many people sort of think that the record is like the big deal in the film, but there's other things that are more important, like his reunion, for instance, with the former champion, Jocelyn Lovell, who's now quadriplegic after being uh, run down by a truck. And I was just getting to that. Again, another, exactly that. And that's a very moving uh, element in the film is the, the relationship that he shares. And again, going back to this idea of this sort of fellowship of people who are dedicated and have passion for whatever it is, in this case it's cycling, and that and that yeah. shared bond that they have. It's terrific to watch the two of them together in the film. Yeah. Yeah, it's very special. I, w- I was crying when I filmed that scene, and I was crying <laughs> many times when I was editing that that part of the film. You know, I just thought it was so touching, um, and I think many people have responded in the same way. Yeah, yeah. and and also, uh, and not to you know leave out the part about him going back to Italy, and what a beautiful yeah. part of uh, the country he's from, and to see him interact with his old friends and colleagues and. Yeah, like I, I was really privileged. I was there for about two weeks in Italy, and I never thought that I would be walking into Ernesto Calmago's office and doing an interview with him. You know, this guy is also like a legend in cycling as a builder, you know. Um, and, but there's other great, great notable names like Mario Rossin and Francesco Moser. Like these people are in the film. Paolo Savoldelli, like he won two Giro d'Italia, and you just, you know, all these people are around Marinoni when we went to Italy, and it was really a privilege to sort of have them all be in this film. Yeah, and I, I, it's hard to think of a more physically and psychologically, mentally challenging sport than to be on a bicycle riding through the Alps in, you know, some of the most yeah. adverse conditions. He, he loves it, actually. He's yeah. there in Italy right now, and he loves the altitude because your, your blood thickens, you know, when you're, you're up in the mountains, your blood thickens, and you just get used to being at high altitude, and then when you come back down to sort of uh, ground level, you're basically, uh, <laughs> you feel like a rock star, you know, you're just zipping along. So he loves doing the mountains. He loves climbing mountains. Um, you just got to change gear a little and take your time and just climb. He loves it. Well, I, yeah, and to, but to the point where, I, the point I is for me is, is that this demands so much of a person, and I think those people who are able to excel or even just to do well in a sport like that, to be able to kind of master your own body and your mind in the process of doing it is a tremendous yeah. accomplishment. I, I really... I yeah, it's a, it's a very much a mind over matter, I think, especially at his age. It's a lot of discipline. It's a lot of nutrition as well for him. Like, his wife is an excellent cook. As you can see in the film, they have their chickens, they have their garden. You know, they eat excellent food, and he just takes care of himself. He's got very few things in his life. He loves making bikes, riding bikes, and foraging mushrooms. And for him, nothing else is, is more important, you know. So he puts high priority on things that are good for him, and, and he's uh, lived old and well, you know. Well, and I th- and again, in the film uh, Mar- Mar- Marinani, uh, The Fire in the Frame, uh, you we see a, a, a distilled-down version of this man. What is, what is essential to him as a person and, and what makes him uh, who he is? And and it's it's terrific. It's a real. It's a very well done documentary. Very intimate documentary, 
And I think you did. Well, thank you. Yeah. It, w- it wasn't what I expected it would be in the sense that I tried at first with like a crew and my microphone and all that stuff. And it just didn't work. It was impossible to schedule and sort of pin down, you know. Yeah. And then he was doing this record and it was like counting down the days. So I thought, I'm doing it. I'm just going to film it myself and do the sound. And so in, in a sense, it's like very sort of low budget, but it ended up very sort of raw and real. You know, people feel it's like very real. And it is. Uh, and I'm very proud of it in the end. Well, you should be. It is. A, it's a really a wonderful film, and um, I, I just want to thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. I, again, I want to remind our listeners that Arnoni, uh, the Fire in the Frame, is opening today in New York, uh, the Vill- Cinema Village, and uh, will be opening in two weeks. And you're in New York for the uh, for the screenings there for the whole week. For yeah, whole and week. I'll be in LA, except I have to go to Portland for one screening okay. while I'm in LA. But essentially, I'm in LA for the whole opening week. For the opening week, that's April 15th at the Lemley Monica Center, uh, and Marinoni, the movie.com. You can find out more about the film and about the screenings, etc. Um, it's it, it's terrific, and uh, again, as I said, uh, very well received at Hot Docs is one of the top ten favorite, one of the premier uh, documentary festivals in the country, um, and all kinds of wonderful reviews. So people check this out. Yeah. It's a it's a beautiful, intimate film about a about a very special man who has accomplished a lot and continues to push himself and want to be a part of life in ways that we should all be. So. That's right. Tony Jardine, thank you so much for being on Film School yeah. today. Thank, thank th- you so much, and uh, maybe see you at the, the Monica Film Center. I'll, I definitely will. Well, I'll, I'll see you there. Th- thank you, Tony. Okay. All right. All right. Take, Take care. care. You thank too. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.